This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to Scientific American Science Talk, posted on March 28, 2017. I'm Steve Mursky. Larry Greenmeyer is our technology editor. Last month, he found himself in Spain, where he filed this automotive update. You'll hear mention of DARPA, that's the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency of the Department of Defense. I'm here at uh, Mobile World Congress 2017 in Barcelona um, with Ken Washington. Can you tell me what, what your role is at Ford and we can get into uh, some of the cool sure. stuff here? I'm the Vice President of Research and Advanced Engineering at Ford. We were talking about self-driving cars, but I think it's helpful to first define what that is before we, uh, we get in further into the discussion. Right, and I agree. It's it's very important to be uh, precise in dis- in defining autonomous vehicles, because autonomous vehicles that term is often used to describe uh, driver assist technologies, which are, it helps the driver be a, a better, safer, more enjoyable drive. Uh, and that's not what we mean when we say fully autonomous vehicle, a self driving vehicle. Uh, we define that as a level four autonomous vehicle that can operate as a replacement to the human driver. So uh, level four, I I mean, I hear that a lot, but I'm hearing it enough to actually start using it myself. uh, Yes. And and it's helpful to distinguish also what level four is. So level four, it's actually defined by the Society of Automotive Engineers. And what level four means is that the, the technology in the vehicle and the vehicle work together to the degree that does not require the human to to engage from the des- from the journey from the from the starting point to the destination point. So the vehicle does the entire driving task for the entire journey. That's what a level four vehicle means within a defined area. And so the difference between levels three and four is that at level three, there, you may encounter some situations on the journey that requires the human to re-engage. Okay. And by definition then, that means the human has to be there to re-engage in the driver's seat, okay? And there has to be controls in the vehicle so that the human can re-engage and drive the car, and then they can go back to not driving. That's level three. Level four says, you don't have to do that. Uh, the vehicle and the software that's in the vehicle knows how to handle the situation. And if, and if it comes across something that, you know, is un, that is un, un, you know, would be challenging, it will know how to deal with that too. So it can slow down when it needs to, it'll read the red lights, it'll read the stop signs, it'll detect what pedestrians are doing around it, it'll detect other vehicles. And it will navigate safely to where it needs to go. It'll stop when it needs to, uh, and it will provide you with uh, with that entire journey without you engaging. So you can be so, in the back seat. You can be uh, totally disengaged from the driving. Test. So then, what what makes it a level five, which would be the highest? So level five is like level four, but everywhere and anytime. Uh, so 
you don't have to say it's in this area. You could say, I, I've got this vehicle and it can drive me wherever I want to go. And Does I that mean won't no, have to have no steering wheel. It. No steering wheel. You wouldn't have to have a steering wheel. You, you wouldn't have to have brake or gas pedals. Okay. So just to okay. be clear, yeah, in, sure. in level four, right. you also don't need controls okay. because if you only operate that vehicle in the geofenced area, ah, okay. then you don't need controls in that area. Now, if you want a level four vehicle that you could operate outside the geofenced area, you could have a level four vehicle with controls. So how far away are car companies from level four? Is that what the five-year promise a lot of car companies are making Ford and others? Well, I'll only speak to Ford. And oh, our sure. and our timeline is 2021, which is now four years from now. Right. And uh, so we're on a trajectory to deliver the first level four self-driving vehicle in 2021. And the, I, I read that Ford's got 30 self-driving fusions. Is we do. Our first, our first generation, uh, actually it's not even our first, it's, it's our next generation, our second generation autonomous vehicle, prototype autonomous vehicle is based on the fusion. It's a hybrid fusion. And uh, we're testing our software now on public roads. And um, a few weeks ago, we announced the, an investment in a, in a startup company called Argo AI. Um, we're really excited about that because they're bringing to our more than 10 years of experience of developing autonomous vehicles, some additional robotics and artificial intelligence expertise, and a startup culture that's going to allow us to continue to advance that technology. Um, but with the built-in relationship with Ford so that they'll know how to bring that to market and scale as they manufacture the vehicles. So, so one thing I've been curious about, I've been covering uh, autonomous cars for a couple of years now, this idea that we, that car companies or engineers want to move in this direction, where did it come from? Is, it, is this something that car companies are saying, you know what, we need something new, we need to sort of, uh, sort of reinvigorate the car market, let's add these driver assist technologies and and let's progress them to an autonomous uh, vehicle ultimately or is it is it something that people were asking for people were saying you know what it, it would be a lot safer if we could have machines uh, at least helping us so so where did it come from well it started with with a, a challenge that came out of darpa okay and, and and darpa said what's one of the hardest problems that could be because uh, that's what darpa is all about is solving really Hard problems, and uh, they issued the challenge of developing a, a car that could drive itself. And first, they did it in the desert, the desert challenge, and then they did it in a city setting, the urban challenge. Right. Nobody finished the first one; they didn't make it through the desert. <laughs> that, I remember that's that. That's right. And the, the, and uh, Ford, uh, interestingly enough, was was the only automaker that participated in both of those. But more to your point, your question about well, where did it come from in its current in today's uh, timing? Uh, I think it's a combination of of trying to do something really innovative and, and challenging that came, like say, from the DARPA days, and rec- and people recognizing that the software and, and computers can actually help the vehicles be safer. Uh, and that started with uh, driver assist technologies increasingly getting better and better on the vehicles. And so we, you know, even you know, starting with simple things like uh, cruise control. You think about a cruise control is a very rudimentary um, level of autonomous driving. It gives you the ability to, you know, not press the gas pedal, and you know it sets your your speed. And now we've got adaptive cruise control, and it will 
set your speed and adjust your speed based on the, the vehicle in front of you and, and how close you are to, to that vehicle. And so it was very natural then to say, well, if we can adjust your, your speed uh, longitudinally, we can do it laterally and help keep you in your lane. So lane, lane keeping assist came about. And then we realized, well, sensors can actually help you identify things that might be in your blind spot so that we can make your drive safer by removing your blind spot with indicators on the mirror. So when you put it that way, so, it makes a lot of sense. So these features yeah. kind of got added. And as we started thinking about autonomous vehicles, we started thinking about it in the context of adding more of these features. And then we kind of hit a wall and realized that we couldn't get there. You just can't add enough features to, to driver assist technologies to get to full self-driving. That's when we did a reset and said, okay, we now have to do self-driving more top-down, which requires a different sensor set. It requires a prior map. It requires... Um, a more computational power than you would put in a typical passenger car. And that's when we started accelerating our autonomous vehicle project. And, um, and it got us to where we are today. And that would be about what year where you sort of made that? That's about four years ago. Uh, we made that pivot from walking up from driver assist to top down. Um, cybersecurity is emerging as a big issue with regard to... Um, Automobile safety now. That's another thing. I don't know if it's coming from the car makers or the tech companies. There's a lot of tech companies that specialize in that, and they like to sort of say the sky is falling. But I'm also hearing, you know, the people, the, the drivers are worried about this. Of course, nobody cares about their computer or their smartphone. You know, they, they'll, they'll, do, they'll download anything on that. But, of course, when it's your car, you're worried. So where do you see cybersecurity fitting into this? Is this one of the top concerns or, you know? It's a very serious issue and we've taken it very seriously at Ford. Uh, and we, we started looking very seriously at cybersecurity from day one, putting computers into our vehicles. That's why when we introduced Sync, we introduced it in a safe way by providing a firewall between the safety critical functions and the uh, connected functions and the infotainment systems that because we recognize if you bring your phone in and you connect it to the vehicle then that's that creates a potential vulnerability so we have to firewall that off from the safety critical functions and now we do penetration testing and we uh, and we're very serious about um, addressing the you know the issue of cybersecurity because we want our customers to feel safe and we we realize that we've been entrusted to, to managing and, and protecting their, their data. And um, so we take that extremely seriously. It is a top priority for us. That's it for this episode. Get your science news at our website, www.scientificamerican.com, where you can check out the collection of Scientific American eBooks, including Evolution versus Creationism, Inside the Controversy. They're at books.scientificamerican.com slash sa ebooks. And follow us on Twitter, where you'll get a tweet whenever a new item hits the website. Our Twitter name is at Siam. For Scientific American Science Talk, I'm Steve Mursky. Thanks for clicking on us. <laughs> <laughs>